As teachers, we are known for being a jack or Jill of all trades. But on this podcast, we will introduce you to a master of one. Our podcast interviews awesome educators who have done some awesome research. And makes practical links so that you can use evidence and research-based approaches today in your classroom. Hi everyone. So this week we've got a bit of a special treat. Tony, who is normally my co-host, is going to be our guest this week and she's going to be taking us through her very recently completed thesis on what makes professional development effective. And I know she's got a huge amount of insight on this and I for one am really excited to dig into it. Um, so most of you may well know Tony already, but I'll just give you a bit of a, a background on who she is. Um, so Tony Westcott is a former primary school teacher who is now a part of the facilitating team at Digital Circus, which is a Ministry of Education accredited PLD provider based in the Hawke's Bay. Tony currently works with over 20 schools around New Zealand, supporting them with the integration of technologies and future focused teaching and learning. So alongside a postgraduate certificate in digital and collaborative learning, Tony has also just completed her master's in applied practice, Google certified educator, trainer and innovator. And she and I originally met at our Innovator Academy, Sydney 19, which seems like a while ago now, but was just a year ago. Um, and so without further ado, we'll get into it. Hi, Tony. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Feels weird to be on the other side of the seat today. I imagine it does. This is where we test out whether our questions are cruel or not. <laughs> so um, obviously really stoked. I know that I've been badgering you to do this for a while. Um, and so I'm really excited that we're finally going to get to hear all about it. Now, you're probably our most recently completed guest because you've literally just handed in your thesis, haven't you? Yeah, July last year. So I was supposed to graduate in March, um, but obviously with the lockdown and... COVID-19, I just graduated from my living room. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Do you get to walk across the stage in December still? Or? Yeah, I think we're going to have our graduation like in November or something. So that's kind of cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Cool. Wow, we may as well get straight into it. I always think this is a really mean question. They feel mean asking you, but <laughs> taste of our own medicine. So 30 seconds, tell us what your thesis is about. So what I did was I looked into what factors affected professional development specifically in digital technology. So um, I was implementing, I was working in a school at the time and I implemented a digital technologies professional development, which was around the new digital technologies curriculum content, as well as kind of fluency around Google and Seesaw and tools like that, that we were using in the school. And it consisted of the PD, the PD program that I implemented consisted of um, staff meetings, techie brekkies, um, help videos and all that kind of stuff. And that's all detailed in the thesis what I did. And then I used, um, I, I, I used the staff essentially as my guinea pigs and asked them what factors that they found to be effective. Any, and I interviewed them all and um, did surveys to see what kind of came out on top and what was kind of the underlying insights into what makes professional development effective. So it was, it was a really interesting small slice of, of, of study and I would love to take it a bit further one day and um, survey and get, 
get a range of opinions in it, but um, it was a really representative kind of study of just one school in one place. But it, I definitely think that the general outcomes were quite, um, I guess, good recommendations for any teachers in New Zealand. There hasn't been a lot of studies in New Zealand around um, professional developments and digital technologies specifically. Oh, that was a minute and a half. Are you okay? <laughs> Maybe we can make be mean a <laughs> Our poor guests. I know, right? <laughs> cool. That sounds all really interesting. So are you thinking PhD next or? Yes and no. Like no in terms of a seven-year part-time commitment. Um, and yes, in a sense that it would be amazing to just get some research funding to do something like that rather than it be sort of that formal PhD. Um, but yeah, we will see. Keep your eyes Fair enough. I guess the good thing about educators is that we've always got that space to do that action research in, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. It could be done in a less formal way. Which... So thinking about all that you've done um, and all the different kinds of professional development that you offered and the such, what were the three big key learnings that came out of your thesis? Yeah, so um, I'm going to give you four because I can cheat the system. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Okay, so the biggest factor to consider was time. And I think as teachers, we totally know that. But it kind of is a positive and a negative. Um, negative in the sense that we don't have a lot of time, but positive in the sense that um, we know that teachers need sufficient time to play, learn and explore, especially with digital technologies. It's very hands-on. Um, and I found that 90% of teachers in the study said they felt like they didn't have extra time to do PD on, on top of what they already do. So um, a key finding there was making the PD part of an already existing time at school, like a staff meeting or during release or modelling in classrooms and going into other classrooms um, or as part of like a lunchtime techie club or something like that. So that was my kind of first factor that was really important. Um, another factor was around the quality of the content. So it had to be practical, hands-on and relevant. Um, teachers wanted a balance of the theory and like the pedagogical kind of theory behind it and, and to practice the skills. Um, and they wanted to know why, they, why it was relevant. So it had to be related to what they were already doing in the classroom um, for them to see value. What I did also was like a mini action research project within that. So getting them to trial and test and then reflect back on and share what worked and what didn't was really useful. Um, and just something else that added in there was like having elements of humor, fun and enjoyment in the sessions really made a difference, kept the tone light and, and fun, I guess. The other important factor, my third factor was around people. So uh, teachers are unique um, and they have their different needs, actions, beliefs, interests, contexts, and it can't be one size fits all. So um, it really, yeah, there's a lot of factors around people. So they also, teachers also talked about leadership. So senior leadership being, having to be on board and providing resources, providing time, providing support, actually being in the PD was important to teachers um, and and having a go themselves. Alongside that with the people kind of thing, 100% um, of teachers commented that the facilitator impacted on the efficacy of the PD. So it's really tricky to judge a PD based on 
um, you know, it'd be interesting to try out the same PD program exactly as is, but with different facilitators, because I think that's a really key part. You, you know, the, the essential facilitator attributes essentially had to be things like building relationships, passionate, enthusiastic, had an in-depth knowledge, they were flexible, approachable, um, they accept that teaching accept teachers' realities where they're at and rather than kind of treat them all the same and say, oh, that's not good enough or you've got to be here or you've got to be there, non-judgmental and just willing to help. And I think being on site was a really big part of that too because I was accessible all the time, whereas it would be interesting to evaluate PD where I'm not on site. So like in my current role, um, what the availability would be like and whether that would be a factor there so those are kind of my three things time quality content and then that kind of not one size fits all being really flexible and amazing yeah you've got to enjoy it there's got to be that sense of humor there eh? i wonder do you think um with the kind of being on site that having that pre-existing relationship with those teachers was really important yeah and that was one thing i discussed in my thesis around like i kind of knew everyone already and i knew what their skill set was so i had those relationships to be really honest and really tailor it whereas um in my current role when i go into schools it takes me you know a while to get to know people and um know what makes them tick and how to help them the best they can so I kind of am an advocate for both in-house and external PD. Like if we can have someone in your school driving it and then you've got someone externally who comes in and supports you or supports people and, you know, and kind of fills in the gaps, I think um, both are very effective, but you, I, I definitely know the pressure that it puts on the in-house person to be everything and, you know, and, and have that skill set as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people listening might have been that in-house person and, you know, it's a really exciting opportunity to get to share what you know, but it can be a lot of stress. Mm. Especially people are probably feeling a lot of stress at the moment in that we're recording this in the middle of New Zealand's shutdown, at least, in um, relation to COVID-19. Uh, we say this every podcast, but when you do a thesis or any kind of research, you tend to read a lot. You want to know what's known already. So what are your kind of two go-to readings that you would suggest people looking to? I found it really tricky to find stuff on, heaps of stuff on professional development, but not a lot of stuff in New Zealand and not a lot of stuff on digital technologies. So um, a lot of my, well, not a lot, but quite a bit was from outside of New Zealand. So like the Philippines and UK, but there were two kind of key pieces of, um, two kind of key literature, um, pieces of literature that I really drew on from New Zealand. So most people might be familiar with Helen Timperley and her work. Um, she was the best evidence synthesis and she did a best evidence synthesis in 2007 on teacher professional learning and development. It wasn't specifically digital technologies, but it was, it's kind of a huge overview of professional development. And like being 2007, it's kind of, I don't want to say old now, but it is, it is kind of getting that way. So it'd be interesting to see what starts popping out um, in the next couple of years around professional development with the change in digital technologies, even in how professional development is being delivered. It was from um, Mary Hill. Um, she did a, did a, a piece called The Barriers and Enablers of Effective Assessment Professional Development in Secondary Schools, again from 2008, so not super relevant. I think she's got a more relevant piece out now, um, but that was focusing on assessment. So it was really tricky to kind of pull together what what's out there in New Zealand um, without it being sort of too old or too new or not on the topic. 
I think that's always the trickiest thing is synthesizing research and finding the right stuff. Um, and the other, I'm just going to share one more piece was there was two people in my cohort of the masters that um, I actually drew on their theses um, at the time. Um, Jenny Corkle, who talked about implementing digital technologies, challenges and opportunities. And um, Alison Digweed, um, she looked at a professional development about e-learning. So it was really cool to draw on really current, relevant other small projects that had been done around the country and they are great reads. So we'll drop them in the links as well. Fantastic. And if either of those two people are listening by chance and they'd love to come on our podcast, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> I'll, I'm totally going to reach out to them. <laughs> Amazing. I might have to give their thesis a read as well for the thesis. The if someone could like let us know, is it this? Is it this? Is it, is it theses? Is it thesis? Let us know. Thesis. You're not in the classroom anymore, but obviously you have that background as a classroom teacher um, in a previous life. It always feels like. Um, but kind of thinking about your current role and also maybe your kind of past life as a teacher. Um, how does this kind of impact what you're doing now and how you see things professionally? It was. It's it's funny because. I was I completed my masters when I was in this new role, so um, it wasn't sort of in this in-house role, but I was in this external facilitator role, and it really made me realise um, consider time when I was going into schools. Like, how do I maximise the time that I spend in schools um, and use that time wisely and not waste teachers' time? I mean, we've all sat in boring PD where it's just not relevant, unengaging, and and I kind of made it my life mission if you like to um, stamp out boring PD and make sure that people came away from my sessions feeling like they'd got something out of it that they had you know something resonated so um, I try and have like a low floor and a high ceiling in my PD sessions now um, but I think if you're a teacher in the classroom um, I guess it maybe doesn't so much relate to your your stock center teacher on the ground who's doing awesome stuff it probably more relates to your dt leaders or your digital leaders or anyone who's kind of trying to run some in-house upskilling or pd um i would look for some sort of short sharp times time periods that you can use i didn't have to beg my principal too hard to give me a 10 minute tiki slot in our staff meetings. Um, I think that was really valuable, especially with this new curriculum content. He was really on board and, and let me kind of just run with it. And often we'd just play with robots or we'd look at the actual progress outcomes. Um, so try and get your leadership on board to help you find um, some time where it's not an on top, but it's, it's part of what you already do. Um, that was really helpful and I guess being available, you know, it's tricky, but being available, setting up, setting up systems so teachers can ask for help when they need it. Um, I had like a ICT help log where teachers could fill in a Google form and log their problems and then I would be able to come and, and help when I, when I had the time rather than teachers sending over kids with Chromebooks and stuff in the middle of <laughs> class. Um, yeah, those would be my two ones. Just see if you can get your leadership on board and find the time and um, set up systems so teachers can ask for help. And it is hard. Like I think the digital stuff is a whole world of its own and knowing that people struggle with it because often if you're that person that's good at it, you don't struggle with it, right? That's why you're the early adopter or whatever. And I think having that compassion can be 
can be tricky at times, but um, just being really compassionate with, with who you're working with and setting little expectations and little milestones to meet. Um, yeah, and know that it's hard and but equally people have got to give it a go, you know. It's always changing as well, isn't it? I would imagine probably more rapidly than potentially some other areas of education. Um, so we're always kind of, even the early adopters and us, you know, the enthusiasts are always kind of at the beginning with the technology and trying to figure out how it works and how it fits into to what we're already doing in the classroom. Oh yeah, I think half of it comes down to a growth mindset. It doesn't matter if you're good with technology or whatever, it actually comes down to just having an open mindset and an open, um, well, a growth mindset as well to like learning new things and trying things and failing and like letting go that it may not work, you know, um, and being really reflective on that too. So I guess leading on from that, if you're thinking about a teacher or a leader or a principal um, in the classroom today or in a school today, how could they implement your findings, especially considering, you know, the importance of their buy-in? Yeah, I think I, I probably just hammer home that um, the leadership stuff, like I think senior leaders have got to be on board, they've got to value it, they've got to see the value in it, and they've got to give it time and resources and, and show that they value it by being part of the PD or supporting their in-house leaders or applying for, um, you know, central fund PLD and things that support this kind of vision. Um, and, and yeah, just show, show your teachers that you're willing to give them some release to come and do stuff and all of that kind of, um, and, you know, the, the things that really show that, that your teachers that it's important because then they'll value it as well and they'll be like, wow, this really is important. You've really got to lead from the front, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, and making time for it because it's so one of those things can always go on the back burner and then all of a sudden you're teaching from home for four weeks and <laughs> <laughs> nobody could have seen it coming. Um, yeah. So I guess I know that the answer to this is a lot, but kind of our final question, what have you got going on for you at the moment? What do you want to kind of give a shout out to? Wow, I mean... I have enjoyed being part of this lockdown situation because we have been able to help so many teachers and it's all that just-in-time learning, which I think kind of ties in with my thesis as well, is that um, there's this a sense of urgency to learn about digital stuff at the moment because it's needed. And I think that that's often um, a really... I guess that's the why behind why you're learning. You know, when you're doing PD, it's like there's got to be a strong why and a reasoning and, and it be grounded in your school kind of ethos. Um, so it's been really exciting to be working with teachers who are really stepping out of their comfort zone, some of them, and, and giving new things a go. So I've, I've loved supporting um, teachers in that sense. Um, and the other thing that's on the go is another podcast <laughs> called the 10 minute techie podcast which is part of um my job at dc digital circus so every tuesday there'll be a new uh podcast 10 minutes learning about and unpacking a new kind of techie tool or techie topic and there'll be like three top tips to take away i'm trying to keep it really practical really short and sharp um so people can learn you know take 10 minutes out of their week to learn something new or um, find out about a new tool out in the edtech space which is really fun and exciting as well awesome i am very much looking forward to listening to that podcast will that be out by the time um this podcast is probably out you can put it in the show notes yes lovely fantastic 
excited to announce also that my co-host has finished her thesis. Congratulations, Laura. It's been handed in and I will be badgering her to do her interview as well and turn all of these questions back on the lovely Laura. So stay tuned for Laura's thesis where she unpacks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I did my thesis on um, looking at artificial intelligence in the classroom um, was kind of the broad starting point. Um, so we put some Google Home minis in two classrooms and kind of looked at what the kids used them for and how it might have impacted their learning. So a really amazing and interesting area of ed tech that we're going to be deep diving into next time when we talk to Laura and her about her thesis, thesis, thesi. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> No, and uh, just a shout out to anybody who's done a thesis or a PhD who wants to come and talk about it. I know as teachers, we have a tendency to downplay what we do and think, oh, it wasn't that big, it wasn't that important, but trust me, it was, and it deserves an audience. Um, so get in touch with us, and um, we can record an episode with you as well. Amazing. Well, until next time, this is Tommy and Laura signing out. <laughs>